They're dead. thing about living in Santa Carla, I never could summon. All the damn vampires. Fire, you're not a robocop! Can you fly, Bobby? Clarence, no! Hit it! Hello, and welcome to A Slice of Cinema with the Blade. I'm your host, Jesse, a.k.a. The Blade. And before I get into this week's movie, I would like to announce that I'm going to be hosting my second watch-along. What's a watch-along, you ask? That is where I like to get a bunch of people together in a theater and watch one of my favorite movies of all time on a big screen with a whole bunch of really cool people that enjoy the movie just as much, if not more, than I, as I do. Um... We're going to, so it's going to be at the screening room. Uh, It's going to be on Sunday night. I should probably write this detail down. Uh, It's going to be on Sunday night, February 19th, at the screening room in Buffalo, New York. We're going to watch the original Die Hard, starring Bruce Willis and bad guy Hans Gruber. Uh, We're going to do one hour, we're going to do an hour earlier than last time, if you came to the first watch along. Uh, The doors are going to be at 5.30. The movie's going to start at 6.30. Excuse me. I'll probably talk a little bit before the movie. Then we will all watch the movie together and have a great time. And then after the movie, I'll do a QA. and a We could talk about the movie. We could talk about wrestling. We could talk about whatever we want. It's going to be good. It, last time the Q&A was like the funnest part. Uh, I'll be available for pictures. I'll be available to hang out, all that good stuff. Um, it's, uh, it's, I'm like really hyped about this. The first one went like the first one, like exceeded my expectations. So I'm, I'm really, really excited about the second one and, uh, only about two weeks away. So it's getting, it's getting exciting. Um, all right. Now, as far as this week's movie, we are going to talk about From Dust Till Dawn, 1996, starring George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino. Fuck, man. I absolutely, uh, at one point, before I started figuring out what my favorite movies were and all that stuff, uh, From Dust Till Dawn was my favorite movie for a very long time. The first time I saw it, the first time I saw it, uh, okay, so... I was about to mention that my childhood best friend, Neil Bibziak, saw it first. Let me, I, when I talk about best friends on here, I, there's, there's, if, there's five. If, if me and my wife were to redo our vows next week, these would be the gentlemen standing in our wedding. Uh, the first two stood in uh, my, my wedding, <laughs> the wedding me and my wife had. Uh, my childhood best friend is Neil Bibziak. We met in fourth grade, and we've been best friends ever since then. We went to pro wrestling school together. We basically, our big common bonds are pro wrestling, used to be video games, uh, music, and movies. Um, yes, Neil is, I love him to death. Uh, number two, you got, his name is also Jesse, a.k.a. Tiny. We met when I was a junior or senior in high school, and he was like, uh, so basically we met in about, 96, 97. Uh, we just went out to, we don't, we went out to dinner the other week and we were trying to figure out where to go. And I was naming places that were way more expensive and places we would normally talk about. And, uh, I realized the conversation was getting weird and I was like, Oh, okay, man, sorry. This is like a thing. This is a thing of mine. Um, 
and I, re- I just realized what was going on in my head was that back in the day, when I when I was coming up uh, in wrestling and uh, finances were a problem, and um, you know those years were very long, and I remember thinking to myself when I was struggling here in Buffalo, uh, trying to make it in wrestling, I remember thinking to myself, man, how cool would that be if I lived here in Buffalo and I was like a successful wrestler and, you know, and I had, I had money and I'd be comfortable and I could, uh, you know, and just on a whim, I could just, you know, grab one of my friends and we could just go out to eat and just, you know what I mean? Have a great dinner and blah, blah, blah. So I, I wanted to do that. And I took my, best friend jesse tiny out to dinner and we had a great dinner and it was awesome and he showed up man he uh he 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 understood it was a big deal to me and it meant a lot and it was really cool um all right so we got jesse then we got uh moving on to uh cincinnati uh wrestling school years where i met chad allegra aka carl anderson uh and sean singer uh chad is one of the funniest people i've ever met in my entire life he's one of the realest people i've ever met my chad's chad's the best man I'll, i'll i'll be there for him forever um Sean is Sean's probably the dark horse of the group. <laughs> Sean, Sean, you probably won't hear about much. He's the shady one, but again, one of the funniest dudes I've ever met in my life. One of the most heartwarming people I've ever met in my life. If you can't carry out a, a conversation with Sean, I, I don't, I don't know, man. It's, it's, I feel for you. And then, uh, of course, moving on to Big, like, what's that saying? Moving on to Big Butch, Andy Williams. Um, Andy's not. He's not my oldest best friend, but he's my best friend, you know? Like, yeah, I mean, me and Andy met, like, later in life. Like, uh, what is it? It's, it's funny because I knew, I actually knew Andy. I went to high school with a bunch of the uh, members of his old band. And so I knew Andy through them. And then years later, the you know, I always knew that Andy liked wrestling, and then the connection of wrestling brought us together. And I mean, now we're just fucking inseparable. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know, something just, something just clicked there years back, and it was turned turned into like an everyday thing. The like, same thing is kind of like me and Neil, just like movies and music and just cool shit. So there's a uh, that was five, right? Neil, Tiny, Chad, Sean, Andy. Yes. Okay. So when I. Now that I got that out of the way, now I feel like I never have to say that again on the podcast. Like, everybody's going to listen to this five minutes. <laughs> but anyways, on, uh, so Neil Bibziak saw From Dust Till Dawn first. Neil was like my gauge of everything. So 96, I am a sophomore in high school, 16 years old, the perfect age for this movie. Uh, George Clooney is starting to blow up on the show ER. He gets the Caesar, the Caesar cut. <laughs> The, the Caesar haircut, where basically just nice and short, and you just kind of uh, like not a buzz cut, but just long enough in the front where you can like brush it forward. Um, so Clooney's got the Caesar cut, and Quentin Tarantino plays his brother. The, their chemistry as like two killer bank robbing brothers. That that's what makes this movie so cool. Is the whole movie could have just been about that, and if it would have been, it would have been just as good. And and. Uh, I got, sorry, I got about 18 different things I want to say at once. Um, so the chemistry between George Clooney 
and Quentin Tarantino as like your hero bad guys is is just amazing. Um, George, I mean, to me, George Clooney is number one in this. It, it, it's 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 almost a bummer. He's never played a bad guy like this ever again. He's never, I mean, he might have, but he's never done anything like this. He is so good as a ruthless bad guy. I feel like he probably just, you know, he ended up turning into a leading man, God bless him, and, and making a lot of money. But, I mean, as a ruthless badass, fuck, man, he's, he's really good in this. Um... I feel like most of, once I get into the movie here, most of me covering the movie is just going to be me saying hard-ass lines from George Clooney, most of the, so let's go to, that'll be your review, but um, it, um, yeah, okay, the other guy I wanted to get into here was, now From Dust Till Dawn starts off as a bank robbing movie, you know, two brothers who just robbed a bank, they're trying to get over into Mexico, and then it, at the, uh, the rendezvous point, uh, basically, the, the rendezvous point is a is a big bar, and it turns it turns out that the bar is uh, run and owned by like ancient vampires and <laughs> tries to eat everybody. But that's the that's the thing is the the movie like the vampires just come completely out of nowhere. It fits, it works. Trust me, this movie is incredible. But if you didn't know this movie had vampires in it. I'm so jealous. I'm so what I because I've talked to people who have seen the movie and had no idea, and then you know they think they're watching this like badass bank robbing movie, and then all of a sudden it's just like feeding time, and there's vampires everywhere. Um, God, I'm I'm just I'm jealous. I'm jealous of anybody who's ever done it or whoever would be able to watch this movie, and 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 just not realize the twist that's coming not that even it's even a twist because the the vampires were included in the trailer and it's it just um i don't know i'm i'm, I'm very very jealous a, a friend of a friend of mine actually has a, a had a thing where like anytime one of his favorite things to do was anytime he would he would meet a new girl or he got a new girlfriend or anything they would watch from dust till dawn because chances are she didn't know there was vampires in it. And, you know, be like, oh, you ever seen this movie before? Yeah, we should watch it. And then, and then also it was the same thing every time. Just like, what the fuck? Like, holy shit, there's vampires? And, uh, yeah, the, I mean, the vampire twist is one thing, but I, to me, I already knew that it, that it was coming. So George Clooney just makes this for me. Uh, yeah, George George Clooney on top of like Harvey Keitel, Julia Lewis, like the that it's it, it's a Robert Rodriguez movie, but it almost has a Quentin Tarantino like cast. Okay, I'm gonna go watch the first half hour, and I will be back. Again, it's a Robert Rodriguez movie, but it's very similar to a Quentin Tarantino movie in a lot of ways. The opening scene. I do. I, I put the opening scene from Dust Till Dawn up with, with, with anything, man. The, the opening scene is so good, so entertaining. Uh, uh, I hate I hate explaining plot stuff, but it's just so good. Um, the, the, the scene starts. It's like a it's a desert in the middle of nowhere. It's like a gas station convenience store. They show the sheriff pull up. He walks in real slow. I don't know the actor's name. Uh, Quentin Tarantino uses him a lot. Um, he was in a Kevin. Uh, he played a, in a cult movie. He played a great role in a Kevin Smith movie. Older actor. Uh, he walks in as the sheriff. Um, guy playing the clerk. Completely should have looked up his name. Plays the brother. <laughs> Play. Plays the brother and eastbound it down. 
<laughs> Definitely should have looked that up. Okay, anyways. So there's uh there's there's a you know, there's a clerk he's talking to the sheriff. They're talking about some um some bad shit that's going on with some bank robbers. Um and it's it's cool, it gets real for a second. The sheriff like he's like, Yeah, yeah, they killed two rangers. And you can tell it's great acting, man. And he's, you know, you can tell he's like not fucking around. Like this this the the scene's really good because it's like it's comedy, but it's serious. It's 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 the perfect mix. So anyway, so the the uh, the sheriff goes in the back to use the bathroom. Uh, as the sheriff goes into the bathroom, out come George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino. They had they were in the store, and they grabbed two girls as hostages when they saw the sheriff pull up. So basically, they're holding these girls hostage, telling the cashier, "Hey, get rid of the fucking sheriff, or we're gonna blow these girls' heads off and kill you too." So it's just it's super tense, and it's and the way it's filmed, it's it's, it's amazing, you know. It's 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 George Clooney's like laying down the rules. He's like, all right, be cool, you be cool, and it's like as soon it's like you know as soon as they walk away and hide behind the counters, out comes out comes the sheriff from the uh, the sheriff from the bathroom, like you know right on top of each other, um, or just miss each other by a second. So sheriff comes up, they're talking some more. All of a sudden, Quentin Tarantino comes out of nowhere and just blows the sheriff's head off. Just just kills him. Um, everybody starts screaming. Even George Clooney comes running out. He's like, what are you doing? Why'd you shoot the sheriff? Uh, Quentin Tarantino starts, like, yelling at George Clooney. He's like, he was mouthing help us. He was asking for help, blah, blah, blah. The, the, the clerk is freaking out, saying, I never yelled help us. I never did any of that. This guy's crazy. Uh, you can tell there's, like, a moment... Like I'm saying, this is the chemistry between George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino. George Clooney just kind of bites his tongue, and he's like, all right, start the car. Quentin Tarantino starts starts yelling at him, like, wait, wait, but you you believe me, right? You you believe me, huh? You believe me? George Clooney's like, yeah, yeah, just just start the car. Just start the car. Um, The clerk is fed up. The clerk grabs a gun. He starts shooting. Everybody starts shooting. Uh, Quentin Tarantino gets shot in the hand. The uh, the girls, uh, the hostage girls run out. They end up, they end up, uh, long story short, they end up killing, they end up killing the clerk and starting him on fire somehow. Um, and then he, the, the clerk falls into a display of popcorn while he's on fire and it ends with like him laying it and the popcorn starts like popping like, so it's like all this like extreme violence. And then it ends with him on fire in a popcorn display. So like the popcorn popping and then the scene ends with George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino like walking out to their car and it's that cliche scene with like the explode like the the gas station is like is is exploding behind them like boom like little little by little like boom 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 and george clooney's just yelling at quentin tarantino like this is not professional we keep a low profile low profile and as he's saying that the 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 gas station is just exploding and they get in their car and drive away while the whole thing blows up it's 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 the man it's the the best opening to a movie um what did i have after that um I mean, after the after the opening, it's 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 we're pretty. It sets the stage. Um, you got you, you go right from that incredible opening. Uh, I'm gonna go right into uh, now. They also they had a a bank teller, an older um, like a, a middle aged woman tied up in tied up in the trunk. Uh, George, they they go to a hotel. It's George Clooney, his bank robbing brother. Uh, Quentin Tarantino and this this older woman who's tied up and crying and just terrified they've kidnapped her um, so George Clooney's character goes to talk to the hostage and 
the idea I get behind it is that this is like a prepared speech he's used numerous times with hostages. Uh, first thing, he sits on a chair backwards like A.C. Slater. <laughs> it just sets the tone. Um, at one point, he, he keeps referring to his gun like it's a person. And then he gets, you know, he's being pretty calm with her. And then he just puts the gun to her head and he's like, at any point, do you not, you do not fucking run on us. You do not run. And she gets real scared. And he's like, because if you run, I got six little friends. And he's talking, he's, he's referring to the gun and the bullets. And he's like, I got six little friends and they can all run faster than you can. It's, dude, it's the, it's the, it's the craziest shit. Uh, just George Clooney is like this, like ruthless bad guy. It rips. Um... Then, well, then George Clooney leaves to check out the border. Quentin Tarantino uh, rapes and kills the bank teller, which is, they they don't show it, but it, again, so basically... George Clooney comes back to now find that his brother, so you're, you're getting the vibe here, like, his brother kind of went off the rails and killed the sheriff and the uh, and the, the the cashier at the gas station. Now, George Clooney gets back, and he's now raped this woman and killed her, and he's trying to lie to George Clooney and tell her that she tried to run away. And, and, and like, it's crazy. Like, George Clooney walks in, and, there, you know, there's, there's, like, well, he walks in, everything's okay, but then he walks into the bedroom where the body is and it's like there's just like flashing scenes of like blood and like George Clooney's this is where I'm saying like the relationship between George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino it's because he he knows George Clooney knows his brother's a piece of shit he knows he's fucked up like he like he he's just like Richie what, what the fuck is wrong with you what the fuck is wrong with you and like Quentin Tarantino's trying to explain to him like oh no you know she tried to run away and George Clooney he's just not even buying it and he's like that that woman wouldn't have tried that one woman wouldn't have said shit if she had a fucking mouthful of it. She that, she wasn't doing she wasn't gonna do anything. Quentin Tarantino's trying to lie to him. George Clooney ends up grabbing him by the face and slamming him into a wall. And like Quentin Tarantino's like glasses are breaking. And it's like now at this point you can see who's the big brother and who's the little brother. And George Clooney is just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And screaming at him. And like uh, Quentin Tarantino starts like crying a little bit. And then basically what it turns into is George Clooney. No, knows his brother's messed up, but it's his brother and he loves him. And for some reason, he thinks if we just get a, you know, we got this money we stole. If we just get across the border to Mexico, that's going to fix everything and it, it'll be okay. Um, so that's kind of like the premise of like their relationship, which it's it's crazy. It, like, the, the, the chemistry, the, the chemistry between George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino, and to me, yeah, Clooney just. Just kicks ass. All right, we're gonna get into the to uh, the second part here. Okay, so I got a little carried away and I ended up watching the entire rest of the movie. Um, <laughs> a lot of the a lot of the middle is just kind of plot stuff that I don't, I don't want to just sit here and explain to you what happens in the movie. I like talking about the stuff that I enjoy and the cool shit from the movie. So. Um, one of the one of the most memorable characters. I mean, most memorable characters in the movie. But I feel like when you say sex machine, <laughs> like a lot of people know who you're talking about. Um, I think it was eight millimeter. That was the machine. But sex machine. Well, so they uh, the rendezvous point ends up being this uh, ends up being this bar, um, and 
it's a bar and there's vampires in there and they kill everybody. But there's so there's a cast of characters in the bar and some of them end up being good guys, some being bad guys. Uh, Tom Savini and being Tom Sex Machine is played by uh, Tom Savini. Uh, Sex Machine is supposed to be a biker that is just hanging out at the bar, but the bar is full of like just everyone's just supposed to be a badass, you know. So Sex Machine's gimmick is uh, some guy comes over and and like you know tries to fuck with them or something. And Sex Machine just basically looks down at his crotch, and without even pushing a button or or anything, it just I don't know, it just maybe it's telepathically from his brain or something. It uh, it just it just whips open um, a barrel of a gun, and you know like two chambers that look like nuts. So it basically looks like he has like a gun for a dick and like bullets for nuts <laughs> and, and that's what that's what gets the guy to like go away so that's that's his gimmick is sex machine means that he has a he has a gun dick he'll shoot you with so um weird part for me was that so this is 96 i was 16 i did not know who tom savini was at the time um i was 16 at 16 i was like you know like was into horror movies and stuff, but I hadn't really, like, dug into, like, special effects and actors and directors and that kind of stuff. So for, like, the longest time, I always just refer my my uh, my best friend Tiny I referred to earlier in the show. Uh, Tiny was a, um, actually an early on, like, zombie guy. And he, he would always tell me about the George Romero zombie movies. And he'd keep, whenever he referred to the special effects, he'd have to be like, you know, Sex Machine. I'd be like, oh, okay, because he would always talk about Tom Savini. But I knew him as Sex Machine. <laughs> so, you know, obviously he was the uh, zombie gore guy, special effects guy first. But... Um, uh, then Sel- uh, Selma Hayek's in the movie, and she comes out. She she strips, but she doesn't because the the place is like a, supposed to be like a strip club. She doesn't she doesn't strip. She just does like a she does a very exotic dance with a snake, and you know this is Selma Hayek. I mean Selma present day Selma Hayek is one thing, but 1996, dude. I mean she's literally one of the most beautiful woman women on the planet at that point. Um, she, uh, yeah, so she comes out doing a snake dance. Uh, with then she turns into a snake woman, and uh, the vampires attack. And this, so this is, uh, and this was like about an hour, about an hour into the movie. The movie's an hour and 48 minutes. Um, so yeah, she attacks, uh, and she attacks by uh, jumping onto Quentin Tarantino and biting him. So she releases the vampire attack onto everybody. Uh, basically, everybody that works at the bar is a vampire. They attack all the bikers and George Clooney and and everybody um <clears throat> so she bites George Clooney uh or duh, sorry she <laughs> she bites Quentin Tarantino as I just did myself um she she bites Quentin Tarantino and there's a moment where um uh George Clooney like runs over to his brother and like Quentin Tarantino's like trying to like call to him and he like dies and um, at this point they've they've taken um, they've taken hostages and the hostages even kind of feel for Quentin Tarantino uh, dying which is very weird to say but that's telling you man Robert Rodriguez pulls it off how I mean George Clooney Quentin Tarantino are terrible people but they're 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 kind of like the the anti-heroes of the movie they're the main characters and the fact that you feel like any remorse for them whatsoever is 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 wild. It's good storytelling in my in my opinion. Um, so Quentin Tarantino dies. Um, <clears throat> there's a really a really really fun part where um, 
I love gimmicks like this in movies where uh, it kind of reminds me of like like Goonies or something like that. Where this this being a little more hardcore than Goonies, but uh, the vampires attack, and, not, and so now at this point it's it's uh, George Clooney, um, and these are the hostages that he has taken. But at this point it doesn't matter. All bets are off the window because they're being attacked by vampires and everybody's dead. Um, so it's George Clooney, Harvey Keitel, who was the dad of the family they took the hostage of, Juliet Lewis, who was his daughter, and then there's a, um, a brother, too. So the, they are trapped in, like, a back room. But it so it, the, the, the cool gimmick is that these vampires have been feeding on bikers and truckers for, if not years, like centuries, like a very long time. And they're trapped in this back room, and it's full of, like, supplies that they've just that the, the, the place has accumulated from all the truckers and, and bikers and that kind of shit. So there's just like they so they end up getting weapons together, but it's just like mishmash of like really weird weapons where they're like gearing up to go fight all the vampires. And um the the, the gimmick is that um Harvey Keitel is also a is also a, a a priest too so he he blesses the holy water all this stuff they I, I wrote them down everybody has like I I love when like everybody has a weapon like I said sex machine had like the gun dick and like so now when they're getting ready to go out and fight at this point Harvey Keitel has like a shotgun that he's like somehow turned into like a cross that fends off the vampires um George Clooney has like this huge like um like a drill almost like if you were like you know construction guys are like drilling into the ground but instead of like a drill headed it just has like a big a big spear sticking out of it so it's like a big stake so he has like this big drill st- this big huge like drill stake that like you gotta like pull start it it's like it sounds like a chainsaw um Juliet Lewis has like a like a like almost like a a crossbow but you like pump it like a shotgun and then the uh the brother the, the kid the youngest one he has a he has a super soaker and water balloons that are like have been blessed with holy water like i, I love like gimmicks like that so they they're in the back room they you know they get all the they get all these weapons together um and then this the this is like because the movie there's few and far between you know it's an action movie it's a comedy movie um it, it, it you know it obviously has horror aspects and then this part when this part when they come out to fight the vampires is really cool man it's like really quiet you can see the vampires all moving really slow because they're waiting to make their move but Harvey Keitel has a cross he's like fending them off and there's like fire in the background and you can just real slightly like real you just hear um uh George Clooney's like drill like it's just waiting it's just wait uh, you know it's just idling. Um, and they're like, it's building, it's building, it's building, and like everybody's waiting. And then finally, George Clooney just, just yells, "Kill them all!" And they throw a, a, a water balloon. It hits a vampire in the head that like blows up because it's uh, holy water. It's dude, it's, <laughs> it's 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 really cool, man. Shit, it's the fan. It's it's a really it's like a really badass. Um, like final scene so yeah from dust till dawn like a really badass opening scene and a really badass final scene uh, i'm just making sure i didn't skip anything here i did not uh and then uh long story short as the sun comes out and they win the obviously not the vampires the the human the human beings win uh Ju- juliet lewis and george clooney are kind of like the only are the only two survivors um they 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 leave, you know, they, they, they leave the bar, uh, restaurant or restaurant, the, 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 the bar 
biker bar gimmick. Uh, it's called the Titty Twister. <laughs> and as, as, as I pop myself saying titty. Um, uh, as they're leaving, uh, George Clooney, you can see it's really cool throughout the movie. You can see he has a bit of like a, like a neck tattoo like creeping up from his shirt. And at the end of the movie, he like takes his jacket off and he has a vest on and he has, um, I mean, this is 96. So this is when like tribal tattoos were just coming around. And he has, I, I mean, yeah, I would pretty much consider it like a tribal tattoo where it goes like all the way down his arm and like up on up onto his shoulder and like his neck. And I would like to shout out to uh, uh, R.I.P. brother uh, Brain Damage. There was a hardcore wrestler back in the day named Brain Damage, and he had he had the exact same tattoo from uh, from uh, from Dust Till Dawn. And I, I remember like as soon as I as soon as I met him, I was like. Holy shit, dude! That's the from Dust Till Dawn tattoo. <laughs> he was like, he was, oh, oh yeah, man. I was like, dude, that's fucking awesome. I was like, holy shit! I never, like, you know, of course, when I was sixteen, I thought about getting it, but like, I'd never seen anybody that actually got it. I was like, like he was a super nice guy, man. Um, so there we go. Shout out to shout out to brother Brain Damage. Shout out to George Clooney being a badass and uh, from Dust Till Dawn, and uh, that's um, so the the the. The very badass ending to the movie, I thought, was Julia Lewis's... I also should have looked this up, because she looks like she's about 16 in the movie, maybe. Like, 16, 18 years old. Like, I, I'd love to know how, how old she actually was in 96. Um, so she... Uh, She's the sole survivor of the family, and George Clooney is like, you know, basically George Clooney kind of won. Like now he's got the money that he, the money that he stole, his cut, and he's gonna go to Mexico so he won't get arrested and live the rest of his life there. Um, so Julia Lewis now has no fan. Like he basically screwed this girl. She now has no family, nothing. Uh, he gives her a bunch of money, and then he, it's like kind of that weird thing where like. You know, you know how the movie's going to end, and she's like, she's like, hey, uh, do you want some company? Like, because, you know, she has nothing, and George Clooney just takes a second, and he just goes, go home, Kate, and he drives off, and he goes, I may be a bastard, but I'm not a fucking bastard. <laughs> I know I'm a piece of shit, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make it any worse. I'm just going to go. Uh, From Dust Till Dawn is uh, is a really good time. My my aunt, aunt and Uncle Brian, I, I had seen the movie years before. My aunt, aunt and Uncle Brian were telling me, uh, my aunt was like, we rented this movie the other day. Jesse, it was just right up your alley. And then she started talking about it. She was like, there were these bank robbers. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there were vampires. And I was like, yep, From Dust Till Dawn. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> from Dust Till Dawn, man. It, uh, it's a ripping good time. Uh, okay. In, conclu- in conclusion here, I would just like to announce one more time that I will be hosting my second watch along at the screening room in Buffalo, New York on Sunday night, February 19th. We are going to watch Die Hard. Uh, the doors will be at 5.30. Movie will start at 6.30. After the movie, I'll do a Q&A. We'll talk about the movie. We'll talk pro wrestling. We'll talk all kinds of cool shit. Uh, pictures, hangouts, all that kind of stuff. You can get tickets at my Instagram, at uh, TheBladeOfBuffalo, or you can go to the, uh, the Screening Room's website, uh, ScreeningRoom.net. Tickets are $25, but if you use promo code BLADE, B-L-A-D-E, all caps. That will save you five bucks. Please, come join me. It's a couple weeks away. The first one was a blast. I got, uh, I'm really looking forward to the second one. And, um, 
yeah, thanks everybody for taking this journey with me because it's it's so far so good and I'm really enjoying it. Oh my god, I didn't even say that. Yeah, I also I have like <laughs> I have a I have a, a pretty big announcement to make in a couple weeks too. There's <laughs> I knew there was some stuff I skipped at the beginning, and uh, yeah, I uh, I have a, a fun announcement to make in a couple weeks. And while I'm on just randomly rambling here, so I started watching. Uh, me and my wife started watching Skinamarink. Um, I've heard a lot about it, heard a lot of different stuff. I also don't I don't like the idea that I, I'm letting sometimes I let people's opinions uh, that will make me watch or not watch a movie. I shouldn't do shouldn't do that, man. You gotta form your own opinion. You gotta watch it. But anyways, I almost let opinions steer me away from watching Skinamarink. Um now I gotta tell you the whole story. So it was we haven't finished it yet. And I haven't finished watching the movie yet because it gave me motion sickness. <laughs> now I like it's not going to do that to everybody. I, I have I have bad motion sickness problems. I have to wear a patch behind my ear every week to fly on airplanes, and it's a thing. But the fact that the movie gave me motion sickness, and but I we're gonna go back and finish watching it tonight, and I can't wait. Like it's, <laughs> it, but it was like it's it's the perfect storm. So so here you go. Um, we um. Uh, we, my wife and I just got a brand new TV. Our old TV took a shit. We just got a brand new TV. Uh, you know, we were super excited. Like, uh, hey, we get, you know, let's watch. It's the first thing we watched on the new TV. Uh, the new TV turned out very nice. And you, you got to watch Skin Marine. We also did it like no, with no lights on. No lights on at all. So just pitch black. Um, so I, that's, I did hear that it was cool to see in a movie theater. Um, you know, a lot of people told me, like, it's like you're just staring into fuzz the whole time and stuff. Dude, it's it, it's it's slow, but when shit hits the fan, it's fucking terrifying. I, 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 had, a, I had a really, like... I had a really good time watching it, and I'm excited to go back and finish it. So I don't know. It's 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 a, like it's hard to explain, man. It's a different experience, but um, you know, I'll let you know. I'll let you know what I thought when I when I finish it. All right, everybody, I'm gonna stop rambling now. Thank you for uh, from dusk till dawn is a good time. I hope you watch it. If you haven't seen it, I hope you check it out. If you have seen it, I hope you rewatch it. And uh, Die Hard's gonna be a super fun watch along too. And I'll keep you up to date on Skinamarink. <laughs> All right, everybody, have a good one. We need to have a talk. What's your name? Gloria. Hello, Gloria. I'm Seth. That's my brother, Richie. Let's cut to the chase. I'm going to ask you one question, and all I want is a yes or no answer. Do you want to live through this? Yes. Good. Rule number one, no noise. No questions. If you make a noise, Mr. 44 makes a noise. If you ask a question, Mr. 44 answers it. Now, are you absolutely, positively clear about rule number one? Yes. Rule number two. You do what we say when we say it. If you don't, see rule number one. Rule number three, don't you ever try and fucking run on us. Because I got six little friends, and they can all run faster than you can. You hang in there, you follow the rules, and you don't fuck with us, and you'll get out of this alive. I give you my word.